0: Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast and live feed video podcast as well. If you'd have been with me in my business partner's office, we both had a little bit of a a sort of a business rant at each other. And if there was, if there's one thing in the world we'd love to change, is communication and clarity of communication. And it reminds me of uh, the first time I met Lord Sugar, Alan Sugar, and He came to speak at one of our events, the Property Super Conference. This was back in 2010 or 11, one of the two. And we met him in the green room backstage, spent an hour with him and he's signing all these books and things like that. And up until that point, I'd never met a man who was so fast at speaking, thinking and interrupting you if you were waffling and speaking over you and controlling the conversation. And it's like you sat there with him And if you don't make your point in like a nanosecond, then he'll interrupt you and he'll either ask you something else or he'll talk over you or he'll turn away and he'll sign some books. And I remember watching Mark and Alan Sugar having a good long conversation about commercial property. They were like 45 minutes engrossed in this conversation. And it was like, choo, 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 choo. And it was like, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Two men who were very clear in their thinking very concise in their communication, able to be very direct with a question, direct with an answer. And, you know, they probably covered in 10 hours what, or 10 hours worth of what I'd have been able to cover back then. And it was a, quite an enlightening moment for me. And I suppose the old, soft, fluffy, cuddly, weak, wimpy side of me would have would have thought that was a bit hard and direct and, you know, I'd I'd have to sort of be all fluffy and all, I don't want to offend you, but I just want to give you some context to this conversation. But to very successful businessmen who've made millions and nearly a billion Lord Sugar at the time, I realised that they were very clear and communicated very clearly and concisely. And every businessman I've ever met or one or someone who's very successful and... Values time, they are the same. You can't sit there and waffle and build rapport and talk fluffiness for 15 or 20 minutes to get to the point or not be clear about your point or dump your life story out and then make the point. You just won't get away with it. And every now and again, I'll go on some of our social media communities or I'll do a one-to-one, whether it's a mentoring session or uh, something like this. And I'll be quite direct with people to be direct. And that's the subject of this audio video podcast. So the title, if you want the title, which we've already started, but Community and Clarity. Community and Clarity. (laughs) Rob, take your own feedback on. Communication and Clarity Above All Else. So if you're watching on video, I have quite a big, thick agenda there. You can see there's 25 points. If you're listening in, we're going to crack on with them right now. So... I know someone who's raised billions. He had a tech company that sold for one billion US dollars. And at the time, that was probably 600 million pounds. And he was the major shareholder. And this was, I think, the year 2000. And I became good friends with him, played a lot of golf with him. And I asked him, what is your one top tip? If you could give any tip on business success in business, what would it be? And he used a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven letter word. And I'm going to share that with you at the end, but it's very much in point with what we're talking about right now. So you could have the best model in the world. You could have an amazing business. You could have a beast business that could cure cancer like that or could make everyone a billionaire. But if you're overly verbose, there's verbiage, there's waffle, we don't understand it, it's not clear, you haven't got a model. So how can you be as concise and clear as possible about what you do in your own mind and therefore be as clear and concise and inspiring and motivating about projecting and pitching that to other people through your language. That's often most people's biggest challenge. Now, if someone's a bit waffly, side roady, goes down cul-de-sacs, dumps a bit of baggage, life story, there are lots of different ways that could be perceived. And these are probably not right and probably not fair, but this is how people will, will perceive it. So they may not trust you. If you're waffling and going around a subject they may think that you're diverting the subject. You know, like someone asks you something and you don't answer it and you answer something else. They could think that you're, you know, not trustworthy or you're bullshitting them or you're, you don't know. Therefore you go, because you actually don't know. People are very busy. We're all busy. And so in our minds, we're like, "I've I've got to do this, 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 I've got to do this. And that's playing on a lot of people's minds. So... If they think that something, you know, a communication, a meeting, whatever, with you is taking longer than they would like it to take, all they think is, can't do this, can't do this, this is going to be stressful, this is going to ruin my day. So care about people enough to respect the fact that their time is valuable. The worst thing is when someone says, hey, I really want to respect your time, (laughs) and then doesn't. So have that in mind, to be very concise to the point with your communication, your clarity, respect their time. If a meeting is 15 minutes and you last 12, they're going to have three minutes of that time saved. They're going to be very grateful for that. People don't care about your life story. You know, they don't want to know everything that happened since 1922. And not, you know, I say this in the nicest possible way, but if you're trying to make a point and you're bringing a load of other peripheral stories or backgrounds that, that maybe aren't relevant, then people are just going to switch off. Now, what a lot of people do is they do all of that because they think it's relevant to the point, and it might be relevant to the point. So the way that you communicate clearly is you would make the point first and then give the background. So, you know, you make some kind of statement. Like my statement might be communication and clarity or clarity of communication is probably the most important fundamental thing to learn in business. Now, let me give you a bit of backstory. And then I might give you the example of the meeting with Lord Sugar and Mark Homer, you know, and I might talk about some of the things I'm talking about. So if there is a backstory that's relevant, make the point first, because like I'll give you an example here with someone like me. I'm a very linear thinker. You need to ask me one question. You can't ask me three. Now, my fiance, you could ask her seven things and they could all be unfinished loops and she can store them all. And, you know, she's got a, a brain like that. I haven't. But also, you know, I. I've got to remember a lot of things that are going on in business. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening. And the more successful someone is and the more business they're doing, the more things are happening. And you also learn to think quicker. And a lot of us are watching videos now while also, or listening to the video that we're watching while also net timing and doing other tasks. So we're multitasking, so it's changing our brains. We're listening to podcasts at one and a half and two times speed. The problem with listening to podcasts on two times speed is you're looking at someone going, get to the point because you think now twice as quickly as they speak. So, you know, we've got to think about all these things when we're communicating with people. You don't need to prove yourself. A lot of people, what they're doing when they're communicating, pitching, is they're almost trying to sell and prove their own self-worth to the person. Don't worry about that. There's a time for that. Communicate clearly. Make the point. Ask the question in as few words as possible. Don't dump your baggage. Don't dump your life story. Don't try and prove yourself. Don't try and get approval or anything like that. Just make that point. And then all of this... All of these other peripheral things I've just talked about can be brought into the conversation later on when some goodwill has been earned. Because for example, if someone states a a clear question or comment to me, and I can see that comment or question clearly, I've got it. And then we can talk about the things that lead into it. But if you're leading into the thing I can't see, I can't see it. So my brain's just like, (laughs) oh. All right, what have we got next? Yeah, so respecting people's time. Respect their time, respect that they're busy turn up a couple of minutes early finish a few minutes early give people's time back rather than taking it away and i think people will really value it. and it's the ironic interesting self fulfilling thing then they'll give you more time okay so if someone's waffling or going round i mentioned some of the things that you know maybe that shows lack of trust lack of knowledge lying bsing stalling lack of self worth lack of experience and you, that's not the image you want to portray. So the best thing to do if you're in that position where you're like, ah, la, la. just throw back and ask a very clear, concise question and get them talking again. And then you buy yourself some time. I um, have a lot of meetings. I'd say probably one, one or two a day. And let's say I've got five people in a meeting. And with certain types of people, what will happen is they'll ask a question and I'll start thinking. And then they'll ask another question and I'll carry on thinking. And then they'll ask another question and my brain's about to uh, molten lava out my ears, and then then I'll ask another, and then another, and then their last one, and then their last one, and then their last one. It's like... See, you know, if you're asking questions, give someone time to think. Don't talk over pauses. A lot of people talk over pauses. You know, a pause is power. Because if you can pause, it shows that you've got confidence in silence. And most people haven't got confidence in silence. It's like standing there naked. Everyone's watching me, everyone's thinking about me. Your brain goes mad. So... Let people be in a pause. Don't talk over them because you're lacking in some kind of confidence or you want to fill pauses. Because they're probably thinking and they need time to process and you dump more information in and then they're like, you know, you melt their brain. And the same when you're communicating. There's nothing wrong with pausing. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you're talking about. It means that you respect people enough to think about what you're saying and give a good, well-thought-out answer. So... Get used to pauses, embrace the pause, practice the pause, be the master of the pause. All right, I'm actually in here alone. What have we got next? Yeah, so I wrote here, if you're in doubt about anything, divert them across by asking a question, throwing it back to them. So we've covered that already. Ah, yeah. So if you're not communicating clearly, and I'm going to come to language barriers and other reasons, but if you're not communicating clearly, it's an outward linguistic sign that you're not thinking clearly. And if you're not thinking clearly... It's assigned to someone that you're probably not someone that they would want to do business with, partner with, joint venture with, outsource to or whatever. So if you get more clear in your mind of your vision, your values, your culture, your key result areas, your income generating tasks, your KPIs, you know, you you get yourself knowledgeable and educated in your field so that you know if anyone asks you a question, you're going to have a good answer. Clarity in the mind is clarity in communication, which is clarity in the perceived receiving of the information to the person that's receiving the information which is then a good partnership. And one thing I was really quite honoured to hear from my business partner, Mark, when we had this sort of rant in the office walls, just us, where we were like, if we could change something in the world, we wish people would communicate more clearly, more concisely. He said to me, Rob, one of the reasons I think we really gelled 11 years ago is because we understand each other. And I think we all gel with people who we understand. Now, to understand someone, they've got to speak clearly to us. And we've got to understand their clarity and it'd be clear in our mind and it's like a a virtuous cycle if you like of clarity and i understood him and he understood me and yeah you'll naturally just understand people because you'll be able to tune in and speak the same language and you know that's but that's kind of coincidence but you can achieve that rapport that connection those partnerships with people more if you can be received in a clear way by them and so yeah i was was pretty honored when he said that and i never really thought about it like that But Mark and I can get to a point very quickly. We can then rant and, you know, go around in tangents and interrupt each other and whatever, but we've made the point. Okay, so less words, more clarity. Now, in terms of communication, you've got the right amount of communication, not enough communication, and too much communication. And of course, it's a moving thing. Some people don't want too much communication because they'll feel micromanaged. Some people, especially people when they're starting, they're not experienced, they need more communication, they need more help. So... You just want to test engage in any situation. Are you over communicating? Are you asking the same thing five times, or uh, you know, sort of not really respecting their knowledge and experience? Or are you under communicating, where you're not helping them enough? Because both are kind of bad. I'd say if you have to err on anything, for me, I'd err on over communication because I, I guess I kind of like to make sure and I want to help and support people. And um, if you ask anyone who owns a decent sized business, they'll say that communication is always key. And nearly always things that go wrong are because something wasn't said to someone, stated to someone they didn't understand something, they didn't know who was supposed to do it, who had the responsibility, everyone blames each other. I didn't get the email, I didn't know about it. That wasn't clear to me, I thought this when it was this. And you know, 90% of the business issues have got to be around communication and clarity of communication. So, you know, something like, make sure it's very clear who's responsible and it's one person. Make sure if something has been discussed, you then write, sort of a quick bulleted. Here's how I understood our meeting. Da, 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 da. Is this how you understand it? Here are my actions. Here are your actions. Please just reply to acknowledge that you got it and to you know let me know that we're in agreement. That you know that's just creating more clarity because if it's not written down and it's in the mind, it doesn't really exist in reality because our minds will perceive it differently. Okay, now what have we got here? Don't put off important stuff. To later, Yes. So if you're communicating with someone, let's say you're doing some kind of joint venture agreement, contract, partnership, sometimes you'll be a bit worried to dig into some of the finer details or the important parts, like they're talking about the money side of it on certain negotiation points. And if you let them go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, it's like if someone spewed up in a toilet in the corner and you didn't want to go anywhere near it because it stunk and you left it there for two months, it's going to grow into a disease. Maybe not the best analogy, but I'm sure you're with me. So there are certain things when you communicate you need to raise up front. But then, on the opposite, there are some things you don't want to communicate up front because they're technicalities or details or therefore a lot later down the line. You know, you probably wouldn't go to your first date. Uh, They're there a bit early. You you Maybe it's a blind date, so you you, you find out that it's them. There's the drinks at the bar already. You walk up to it, and they start talking about the wedding. Probably not going to do that. So knowing what you need to reveal now so you don't break trust and, you know, and it's important to sort of stay upfront and knowing what to leave to later is really important in your communication. Okay, what if English isn't your mother tongue? Now, this is a challenge for you and I'm just gonna be very clear and direct about this. You are at a disadvantage if English isn't your first language and to an English person, you're not quite understandable. And it's the same for an, uh, an English person if they're in another country. And I'm here to fight for you to communicate well. So, you know, I'm not saying you've got a disadvantage. You mustn't see it like that. You can, if you can think in two languages, that's got to be an advantage. But if English isn't your first language, you must develop your language, learn new words every day, learn the pronunciation, get them very clearly, speak faster or slower or more clear and enunciated and watch people who are very clear and speak English very well and continue to develop that. Because it would be such a shame for someone who's got a great brain and a great pitch and a great business model, but the language barrier is a challenge. So that's something that you want to consistently work on. Now, if you've got any isms, and I don't want to get into too much sort of anality, as my business partner would call it, not what you think, of detail, but if you've got some distractions in the way you communicate, like, uh, 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 or some ticks, or you're constantly fidgeting, I don't know, something that's distracting, clicking pens all the time. Anything that's a distraction from clarity of language, which is a, an external representation of clarity from of thought, is going to make rapport, connection, trust a lot more difficult. So anything that you could think could diminish the clarity, get rid of it. I've put here, watch people who seem crystal clear. I guess that means watch people who seem crystal clear. So anyone, you know, if you, like, if you watch, I just interrupted myself there. If you watch Steve Jobs' keynote speeches, you know, there wasn't a lot of words. If you think about the um, iPad, it was really, sorry, the iPod, it was really famous. The tagline was, I think, something like a thousand songs in your pocket. I mean, that's like, you could write dozens of pages of specs and technology and, you know, all this sort of verbiage. But what a beautiful way to really sell the iPod, which is 10,000 songs in your pocket. So how can you create your pitch, your idea, your vision, your values, you know, what your business does, what you're about. People ask you, what do you do? You know, your, um, what do they call it? Pitch, your elevator pitch. If you can get it really clear, really concise, you can turn it into a quote, a soundbite, something, you know, inspirational, beneficial to others. Then you're going to win a lot more business. You're going to make a lot more money in a lot less time work on your vocabulary now, so for example if i wanted to talk about how you could get experiences by learning from mentors and going through their mistakes and not making them and they blaze the trail for you that would be one way of saying it or if i could say mentors are great because you get vicarious experience now vicarious is one word and then all that other stuff i said was words which mean the same thing as vicarious So how can you develop your language so that you can use one word instead of five or 10 or 20? And by doing that, you simply just endeavour. How can you endeavour to learn a couple of new words a day, which are words that say a lot in a small word like endeavour or inspire or vicarious or whatever? And especially if English isn't your first native language. Okay, any communication, speeches, videos, articles, podcasts, emails, everything. Edit it down, write out, do something, and then edit it down. So you've written an email, you're about to send it, and think, okay, how can I shorten this? What's not needed? How can I respect someone's time? So anything you ever do that you communicate out to the world, have you edited it down to saying the shortest thing, sorry, the longest thing, the most, in the shortest amount of time? So just look at everything you write, communicate, and work at editing it down. I just said the same thing three times just for you to get the point. Okay, speeches, quotes, foundational phrases, sound bites. So if you're ever in TV, media, radio, anything like that, if you have any advisors, any media coaches, they'll be looking for sound bites from you. So you can't waffle and go on and on and on in a really short radio interview that might be 60 seconds or five minutes. So, you'll get taught to have these media sound bites if you watch the presidential election, which is probably a waste of time. But if you do, they'll have sound bites, things that they're going to say over and over and over and over, almost as sort of brainwashing or to program your mind. So, one of my quotes if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. How can you take your values, your vision, your pitch, and how can you condense it into a sound bite? You know, if you wanted to, to be. Perceived as a go-getter. Let's say you did public speaking and you, know, you wanted to motivate people and you wanted people to be go-getters. You could have quotes like, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. When all is said and done, more is said than done. To know and not to do is not to know. So you could take 15, 20 minutes with a waffle about just fucking do it. You could even do JFDI. Just fucking do it. And I think practicing doing that, condensing it, will practice and help your mind to condense and to be really clear in your communication. Okay, we've covered a whole lot of stuff there. To summarize, clarity is king, clarity is confidence, clarity is charisma. And I said at the start of this podcast, the one seven-letter word that the chap who sold his tech company for a billion US dollars In the year 2000 said to me out of everything he could have said sales marketing vision strategy charisma he could have said anything and he said clarity because he's seen hundreds of pitches pitching him for money he's pitched for money dozens of times raised billions for all of his startups and the one word he used the big thing in business clarity so hopefully i have been clear on this podcast Thanks for tuning in. This is Rob Moore. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Make sure you're in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. This is where the communications and the debates carry on and you can meet you know all of our global subscribers to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So that's Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. If you search that on Facebook, you'll find it. And um, hey, if you get good use and value out of my podcast, all I would ask is that you share it with someone that you care about, recommend it to someone because person by person I want to get out there and make a a global difference and I'd love you to help me do that. Thank you very much.